Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Half the Distance of the Goal, presented by 910 Coastal Barbecue. I am your host, Marcus Bullock. My co-host, Brett Galt, is not with me this week, but we have a man back from last week, Court Harder. What's going on, my man? Thanks for having me back on again after a pretty good week. You are more than welcome. And first-time guest, long-time listener of the show, friend of the program, all hearty man Sims, Nick Sims. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, it is. It's a pleasure. I'm uh, absolutely excited to have my first shot here on the podcast. Well, you know, um, after last week's performance and seeing what we've done um, all season, we're no, as Dabo says, slap dick show. We're out here giving you winners <laughs> weekly. So you better come correct because court took care of business last week. That's right, baby. Let's keep it. Let's keep this train rolling. All right. So, um, Court, everyone, I mean, knows you uh, as long as they've been following the show and listened last week. So, uh, Nick, go ahead and tell everybody a little about yourself and um, then we'll hop into the show and get going. Yeah. So a longtime friend of the show, um, Marcus and I have been uh, listening to sports podcasts and shows since we were in college, starting with the uh, Feinbaum show, which I listen to religiously now. I won't give you as much uh, color as some of Feinbaum's guests, but hopefully I can uh, come in, come in and give some good picks for you guys. That's all we ask for, baby. And yes, we go back a long ways to the two two eight Bando two days, having a good time, you know, just kicking it. The last few years in college, man, great memories. Un- uh, unbelievable. <laughs> all right, well, dude. So this week we do have something new in the show. We're going to be giving you a power parlay play. What that's going to be is going to be a pick from myself, Brett, and the guest pickers every week. And this week we have two, along with Nalano Coastal Barbecue. It'll be our best lock, and then parlay it all, and hopefully you can win some money. So that is that is an idea that Court gave us, and you know we're always trying to find ways ways to improve the show. So we listen to feedback, give everybody what they want, and if everyone wants parlays we'll give them to you let's go ahead and uh recap week three week three was a heater when i say a heater i mean 16 and 6 for the syndicate that puts us at 39 and 29 for the season up 10 and these records are phenomenal myself i'm the leader in the pack i am 18 and 13 after a 7 and 2 week last week brett went 4 and 2 bringing himself to 9 and 9 even on the season court just giving the guest giving the guest pickers you know what they deserve 4 and 2 on the week bringing the guest pickers to 9 and 6 as a syndicate and then now on coastal barbecue want to know again smooth sailing ship they are 3 and 1 sitting at 75% for the season so this is a really good time, you know, to hop on, follow us, especially that parlay play. And um, j- just just our bets in general, up 10 as a week. You know, it doesn't get much better than that in the world of gambling. Um, we're taking down some of them shiny buildings in Vegas. But, Court, you were 4-2 and two last week. Go ahead and um, look at your card and tell us, you know, what you liked, what you didn't like, uh, what you were spot on with, and, you know, one thing you may wanted to rethink. Uh, yeah, so I'll just jump into the last thing you said, rethink. Like, I mean, I couldn't have been further off on BYU. Um, I mean, that wasn't even close. So that was super disappointing. Um, I was super happy with the Cal plus 11 pick. That did get a little sweaty at the end. Um, I, they 
didn't even want to try to um, win that game or keep it close, but they pulled it out. So I was super happy with the plus 11. I felt like that was a little of a stretch for Cal, but, um, but they pulled it out. Um, and looking at last week and this, this week um, and some of our picks, I just feel like some of these same teams aren't getting the respect um, that they deserve like the Oklahoma game against Nebraska. Um, you know, Nebraska came out first, First drive down the field, touchdown. Um, the chat was just lighting up, going crazy. Oh my God, here we go, here we go. And then after, I mean, that was it. I mean, that's all they did the whole game. Um, but it was a, it was a solid week. I mean, I'm most disappointed in that BYU pick. I thought they'd show up a little bit more. Um, Bo Nix finally showed up and played a game. So um, not much I could do about that. And then of course we have to hit on Iowa. Nothing would ever go smooth in that game. Um, they came out firing and I'd, I'd be lying to you guys if I wasn't like, this is the game they put it all together and they might hang up 40 to 50 points on Nevada. Cause Nevada is absolutely awful. Um, then the lightning delay came and I started texting, you know, my book right away. I was like, what's the protocol on this? And of course I fell asleep, woke up the next morning, saw the game completed under hit, never in doubt. So, um, but, uh, no, all in all, it was a pretty good week. No, awesome. Uh, yeah, your card, Oklahoma, laying 10 and a half hit, never doubt. BYU money line loss. Cal covered 11. Georgia covered 24 and a half by a hook. That's all we need, though. Uh, Iowa, Nevada, under 39, never a doubt. Great read. And then Wake did not cover 16 and a half, but four and two on the week. That is awesome. Pop over to our sponsor who uh, keeps the lights on on the show, 910 Coastal Barbecue. They had Florida State minus two and a hook on Friday night. That was a win, and that was also a win for me and Brett. I'll lay out Brett's card for him since he is not here. Brett's wins, Florida State laying two and a hook. Georgia, South Carolina, or excuse me, Georgia, South Carolina over 54 and a hook. That's where they covered by only a hook, not the spread. They blew out the spread, excuse me. Vandy plus three, got it done on the field. And then Kansas getting it done on the field too. Dude, the Jayhawks, the Jayhawks are heating up and Brett's back on the Jayhawks this week. We'll get to his picks in a little bit, but a four and two, very good week. And me and myself, we in the clubhouse seven and two. My wins, Florida State laying two and a hook. Georgia, South Carolina over 54 and a half. It got to 55, but a win is a win is a win. Syracuse laying one. That was a great game against Purdue. Crazy. We were watching that at the tailgate. It went wild when Syracuse scored late. Oklahoma never a doubt. Ten and a half against Nebraska. Ole Miss shut out Georgia Tech. That was just a whooping. App State, Troy, over 51 and a half. The finishing boom was also insane. Um, I want y'all takes there in a second. Um, and my last one was uh, the USC Trojans laying 12. Uh, my two losses, Cincy, they won by 21, not 22. So that was a bad beat. And then Nevada, they just couldn't score at all against Iowa. So they did not cover 23 and a hook. But let's talk about, you know, college game day going to Boone. What a finish. Absolutely wild. Yeah, that uh, that team just seems to find a way to win this year. Um, you know, they they seem to have it. So we'll see, we'll see how they can finish it out because that was that was crazy. It didn't even get to the end zone. They caught it at like the seven, and then he looped it around, and that's just unbelievable. Yeah, that was absolutely awesome. Well, we'll see if we can keep the streak up this week. Plus ten as a syndicate last week, and plus ten on the season. So. Um, I say we, let's just let's just roll into week four. Keep it hot, um, Sim. Since this is your first time on the show, you can go first with your lock, first lock and start us off. 
All right. Um, the first lock I have is just down the road here in North Carolina and Winston-Salem, uh, the Clemson Tigers traveling to, be, to play Wake Forest. I got a Clemson favorite at seven and a half, at least according to one app here. And I think Clemson should beat them handily. Wake's a good team, but uh, I think Clemson wants to put a little respect on their name and uh, hopefully push themselves back onto the scene of a top three, top four type of team, which they seem to be getting pushed out of a little bit. So uh, what's your thoughts about DJU um, so far this season? Jeez, he uh, he trimmed up a little bit this year, so he seems to be a little bit lighter on his feet. Um, and he was in years past, maybe in better shape. I don't know exactly what his deal was, but uh, he hasn't been what you'd want from like a Trevor Lawrence or some of those guys they've had in the past. So he's going to have to be careful unless that uh, young kid might, might bump him out here. I still think Clemson goes into Winston and can handle him maybe – a couple touchdowns, but I don't think it's going to be a dominant Clemson performance like like we're used to in the last five years or so. The court, would you have anything here? Yeah, I'm on the opposite side of that, actually, just exactly for what Sims said at the end. Um, I'm on Wake. I I saw the line at plus seven. I would love it at seven and a half. Yeah, so um, Sims, you can get Clemson at seven and court. You can get Wake at seven and a hook. Yeah, I would, I would love the seven and a hook. I think Clemson does win this game. Um, their offense has done nothing to show me that they can dominate a quality opponent to this point um, is, you know, kind of like last week, like, you know, prove it to me. Um, I just don't think DJ is, is that I think the game right now is just too quick for him. Like we saw it last year and I haven't seen a lot of progress to this point this year. Um, and so I do think Clemson wins, you know, mainly for their defense. Um, but I see it being like a three or four point game and it's pretty tight the whole way. Um, Wake's got a pretty good offense. Um, they had to storm back, didn't cover, but storm back to win that game, uh, last week. So I, um, I think Wake has a firepower, um, to make it a game. It's just what can Wake's defense do to, um, kind of match up against Clemson's defense. Cause I mean, I could totally see Clemson's defense getting a couple takeaways here, um, and putting points on the board that way, but they're just Clemson's offense when they play quality opponents right now is just so anemic, and it's I just don't believe it's there to to cover the seven or seven and a half. I agree. Um, I'll love it as seven and a hook. I think seven could be in push territory, but yeah, I'm on it with you for every reason. No further explanation needed. And lo and behold, Brett actually has a play on this game too. His first game of the week, he has Clemson laying seven, so he's agreeing with Sims right there. So um, it's going to be. Definitely half, half of the group swinging one way and half swinging the other this week. Um, I just think – I think Wake's going to put up – if it gets into a scoring battle, like, I mean, if this game was first to 50, I don't think Clemson's capable of scoring 50, especially if DJU plays like a quarter and a half. Um, if, if Wake gets out early, like if the game gets like 21 to 7 and gets ugly – uh, Klubnik's going to come in and he's going to have to bring him back as a freshman. I mean, we've seen Clemson come back from these deficits before. I mean, we've seen Trevor Lawrence sub in for Kelly Bryant and throw, throw that ball crazy. So you never know. Maybe uh, the freshman can get it done. But if DJU finishes this game, I will be very shocked because I think Wake's going to score a lot of points. And with DJU at quarterback, I don't think Clemson's going to score a lot. So I think this is DJU's last game. Yeah. yeah, I was, I was going to say it would be interesting odds to see how many games he has left or what are the odds going into this game that he's the starter, you know, two weeks from now or whatever. That young kid's supposed to be good, and he just, you know, he hasn't lived up to the Clemson quarterback legacy. 
Yeah, no, absolutely not. All right, well, since we're all on that game, everyone except Mel and Coastal Barbecue, uh, Court, go ahead and give us your second pick of the week. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go back to the well here, and um, Iowa has done nothing to show me that they can remotely score 34 points, and no one they've played has also shown me that they can do anything to score points. Um, this was like the first thing I looked at when the board came up, and I am going to hit the under again. I I got it at 34 and a half. Um, if there's a higher number out there, I would love that too. But um, I mean, it's everything I said last week. Like, I mean, this offense is might be the worst offense in power five. Like it is, it is so bad. And Rutgers is, I just, I just don't see it again. Like how anybody's going to put up major points in this game. Yeah. Rutgers is better than Nevada, probably a better defense. I don't know much about Rutgers. Um, to be honest with you, I just know that Iowa's offense is absolute garbage and their defense is top five in the nation. So I don't see Rutgers moving the ball much and we know Iowa can't. So give me the 34 and a half. If you can find it higher, I'll take it higher, but I'm comfortable at 34 and a half. Yeah, 34 and a half is the, the best number that we can get to uh, via Vegas Insider. Open up at 35 and a half. But excuse me, I love the play. Um, Brett also has a play there. He's on Rutgers plus seven. <laughs> he doesn't think Iowa can score enough points to uh, cover the spread or better yet win the game. So that's that. That's Brett's take on this game. Uh, Sims, you have a play here or nothing? I, not not on that. No. Okay, cool. Uh, nothing on that for me either. So. I will take us to my first official play of the week. So um, an offense that has been struggling a lot this year, University of Virginia, um, even, even with Armstrong, they are just finding it very hard to score a lot of points. I don't know if Tony Elliott is ever going to have it this season to score a lot of points, and they're playing Syracuse. Syracuse has been nothing but a, a great story this year. Um, I, I really love what they're doing and what, what Dino Babers has got going. So my first lock of the week is Virginia Cuse under 55 because I don't think Virginia is going to score a lot. And I can see Syracuse capping out around you know, 27, 32 points. And I don't see Virginia scoring in the 20. So I think that's a pretty safe underplay for me. And that's my first lock of the week. I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, Clemson hasn't really put up two. Uh, they, I mean, they average 37 points a game, uh, but I mean, it's still really early. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I like that. I don't have a, a play on it or anything. I think it is the, the smart side um, just because of everything you mentioned. Um, I, it's weird. Syracuse seems to like, only play when they want and play up to their competition um, so far. So I, I think it'll be an interesting game. I think it'll be low scoring and I think it'll be pretty tight. Yeah. That's probably a game that you're, if you want to watch it, you might want to put some money on it because it could be a little boring, but uh, I definitely, I have that one written down in my notes down, Marcus. I, I may go ahead and ride with you on that one this weekend just to, just to see. Uh, are you locking it up or is it just going to be a side bet for you? I can do that as a side bet, I guess, but I, 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 I have it in my notes right here. <laughs> oh, so is it a lock? Bonder? I don't know if I feel good enough about that to consider that a lock for me. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll leave it on, on the cutting room floor. Maybe a little small bet, just something to, to tune in. sprinkle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, Sims, go ahead and take us somewhere else. Um, the next one that I have here is uh, – 
the Longhorns over Texas Tech in Lubbock. Um, I got them at minus six and a half. I think they they looked obviously great in the Bama game. Um, and, uh, you know, Texas Tech was good enough in Raleigh, even with some of those returning uh, defensive players. But I, I still think the Longhorns should win by at least a touchdown. Yeah, best number I can get you for them to cover. You want five? Yeah. All right, I like that. I think that's a pretty good play. Um, Texas Tech, they looked okay at times. Um, when they put in their backup quarterback, they actually started airing it out pretty good in Raleigh towards the end of the game. So if they make a quarterback switch early, you may be sweating this a little bit, but Texas should be able to cover five against Texas Tech. I, I don't see the I don't see the big why not there. Yeah, I would agree. I think I think Texas should take this by I mean, I don't think a touchdown should be a sweat, but I've seen crazier things happen. We've seen Kansas, Duke, and Syracuse. Blue Bloods in basketball start 3-0. Crazy. Crazy. All right, uh, Court, you out the floor. All right, we're going to go to a game tomorrow that when I saw this line, you're just looking at it now, still makes no sense to me. Um, I'm not going to go West Virginia, Virginia Tech, because that's – Marcus, that's you and Brett. I'm not I'm not touching that. Um, I am going to – I am going to hit the Coastal Carolina game. Um I think McCall at a quarterback is a stud. Um, Georgia State has not won a game this year. They haven't looked particularly great. It's I, I got Coastal Carolina at two um, on the road in Atlanta. Uh, tickets are $2 if you guys are in the area. So they're practically giving them away for free. That's how good this team is. Um, but I think McCall goes in there and just airs it out. Um, if I had confidence in Georgia State actually being able to score points, uh, the over-under at 62 is enticing. I mean, I can see Coastal putting up 35, 42 points here by themselves. I just don't know if Georgia State would be able to pick up the slack on the back end for the over-under, but I, I love the the minus two on the road here. Um, I mean, I, I think that – I just think that's a silly line. I, I don't understand it unless there's something that you guys know or someone else knows that I don't, but – I mean, I think McCall goes in there and just absolutely destroys these people. Yeah, the, the Myrtle Beach mullets. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Did you say they were selling tickets for two bucks? Yeah, and I don't even know. I used to live in Atlanta, and I've never heard of this place, but it's Center Park Stadium, um, and tickets are as low as $2. So if you're in Atlanta and you're a listener and you want to win some money and watch it happen, $2, Center Park Stadium. Sounds made up, but they are $2. That's awesome. That's phenomenal. What else is better is I can get you a one and a half. Send it. All right. Full send lock in the shops. <laughs> I love it. All righty. This right here is a principal play for me. Um, I see no reason why not to take this. Uh, Georgia Bulldogs. So I guess we're seeing in the great state of Georgia. They have Kent State coming to town. I saw it at 43. Yeah, the best number I can get is Georgia laying 43 points. Why not? I mean, all Georgia does is just beat the shit out of people. <laughs> and I don't really see a reason why Kent State is going to look any better than South Carolina did last week. So, uh, yeah, give me the Bulldogs. Do you have a half line up? Uh, yeah, I can get it. Uh, for Georgia, first half, 29. I mean, Georgia, the first half in total might be turning to Alabama for the last five years, and Georgia might be taking the torch here with yeah. that. Um, the, the, the show has been you know constantly on. And, I mean, Georgia's shown 
I'm not personally on that play, but like I love the the first half and the line. Um, I mean, Georgia's a wagon. Like, I don't know if anyone can stop that offense. I mean, it is absolutely insane. Defense is great too. So, I mean, I, I really like that play. What do you think about that first quarter line right there? I like that. Yeah. I mean, again, like it's you, you're the king of hitting Alabama first quarter halftime and, and total. Um, And I seriously think Georgia is going to take that torch this year. And I don't hate it. Like it's (laughs) just looking at it as like, man, that might be free money. (laughs) Yeah. I'm taking it. I'm taking Georgia uh, first quarter, 13 and a half. I want it. I, I, I don't care about the sweat. I want it. I love it. Yep. I feel like that's easy money. <laughs> Georgia first quarter laying 13. And I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure the line was similar for the first quarter last week against um, Carolina, wasn't it? Yeah. Like third, yeah. I mean, and the, there's no way anyone can convince me that Kent State has the same athletes that South Carolina has. Like, uh, there's no way. Um, so, yeah, I love that 13 and a half. <laughs> Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, uh, Court, I believe you have four more plays left. Uh, Nick, you have three more? Uh, yep. All right, um, I'll give one more then. I think I have one more than, uh, than you guys. Uh, excuse me. Let's go – let's just go to Alabama. Um, again, playing the quarters line and everything – Alabama. Let's see the best one I can get here. They have a Vandy coming to town. So earlier in the week, I wrote down Bama first quarter lay in 10. Yeah, I still want that all day. Bama's probably going to be up like 17 to zero after the first quarter against Vandy. I, I, I think it's just free money. Yep. I'm not as confident in that as Georgia, but I don't. I don't hate it. Yeah, Vandy feels you know more formidable, but I yeah. You know, Ten is that, is that what you said the line is for Vandy yeah. in the first yeah. quarter? Jeez, yeah. I think if it misses right here, I may just start like hopping off of Bama and like you said on to Georgia. This is kind of me giving Bama one more chance. You know, that girl that just like kind of like she 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 comes over some nights, but then some nights she's just out in the streets. <laughs> and you're just like, baby, come over one more time. Yeah. Just one more. This is the last one, I promise. <laughs> it's, all, it's all I'm asking for. Yeah, it's kind of like shooting off that late night text. Like, hey, you up? Yeah. <laughs> you got one more for me? <laughs> That's uh, good stuff. I feel like Bama's got a couple more fastballs left in there, uh, left in the old arm. Yeah, save it ain't no fool. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, Nick, you're up. Um, I got uh, the Razorbacks going down to uh, Arlington to face Texas A&M. Um, I saw it at uh, Texas A&M favored by two or three. Um I think Sam Pittman and the boys go down there and handle business. I know uh, Texas A&M is just so unpredictable based off their talent, but I I trust Arkansas just being more consistent going into a big game and uh, hopefully moving those boys around a little bit. Yep, I'll get you two and a half. Uh, Court, you got anything there? No, I want nothing to do with that, just for the same reason Sins just said. I mean, it's just – I feel like Texas A&M can come out and throw up 60 or they can come out and play a game like they did against App State, and I just don't – I haven't seen enough to know if there's an in-between yet. Um, so I'm staying far away. 
Yeah, well, Nick, I agree with you. That's one of my picks. I got the Hogs, uh, Woo Pig, Suey. I, I think – I don't think Texas A&M could score enough if it really come, came down to it, even with the quarterback switch last week. Um, I mean, they looked a little bit better, but, I mean, still pretty bad, like, when, when you – all things considered. Um, I like Arkansas. I like everything they're doing. They have an identity. Like, they're going to throw the ball, and they're going to, like, power run the ball. Give or take, Texas A&M has a really good defense, and we've seen that all season long. I mean, even against Miami and Tyler Van Dyke, they played really well last week on defense. But if it gets into a scoring battle, uh, I don't I don't think Texas A&M is going to hang on. And I, I, Jimbo, Jimbo's in trouble this year. I'm not saying he's on the hot seat or going to get fired. They're not going to do that. But this season may be in the tank after this game for the A&M faithful. This is a this is a big one for the Aggies down there. So we'll have to see, man. If they can win this one, it might put them back on track. If the Razorbacks go in there and knock them around down in Texas, man, it it's gonna be some problems for old Jimbo. He's he's not gonna be feeling so good. Yeah, I think uh, AM's hovering like right on the 25 line too in the poll. So if they lose, see ya and they, they ain't coming back no more. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know it's interesting that I was thinking about that because I brought up like, you know, Jimbo in the hot seat last week. Just um, from, like, another perspective, from the NIL perspective, do you think, like, if these coaches, like, start losing these games, like, if AM loses this weekend and they just start tanking, do you think that these boosters start giving less NIL money or they do something, like, to force a coach out? Like, that, to me, that's, like, interesting to see these big programs. Like, if something like that happens, um, like, do they continue to get that money in to get these big recruits if they can't perform or, like, I like to me that's a sub storyline moving forward to see how this NIL thing works out that I'm super interested in. So like I would love to see AM lose this week just to see what happened, like just to see how NIL is affected moving forward with a program like Texas AM, who had the number one recruiting class, who put out the most money. Like, what does that look like next year? You know, if if they don't, if they can't perform. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing these boosters probably want more than to get involved or make like an emotional decision tossing some of their weight around. So, yeah, man, that's first time I've heard that, uh, you know, explained that way. But, man, that'll be very interesting. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I hope Arkansas like beats them like a drum just to just to see the chaos. Oh, yeah. We oh, might yeah. see it. I think it's, I mean, I, I think it's maybe a little bit better of a 50 50- – 50 shot that Arkansas like kind of routes those boys, <laughs> especially if Adam gets down early and gives up. This could get ugly. Yeah. All right, uh, Court, take us where you want to go. All right, we're going back to the well again to another team that is god awful. Um, I'm hitting North Carolina minus one and a half against Notre Dame. Um, pretty much for the same reasons I've hit everything else so far. Um, Notre Dame has done nothing. Um, of, of note and Carolina's offense is pretty potent and Notre Dame's is the exact opposite. Um, I mean, I would love to see a game against Notre Dame in Iowa. I mean, it would be the first to like 10 to see who would win. Um, but I mean, I think North Carolina just goes in and hangs up like 14 to 21 real quick, probably like halfway through the second quarter. It's probably 21, zero, 21, three and Notre Dame's going to be standing on the sideline. Like what, what do we do here? Um, so, I mean, I think North Carolina has no problem covering this at home. Um, Keenan's going to be rocking. And even though Notre Dame's not ranked, this is still a huge game for UNC. And um, I think Drake May is going to put it on a man. And I don't think Notre Dame can do anything to stop it. 
Yeah. You got something for your boys here? Man, I was I was looking at this game and I was just like, you know, this is a game that Chapel Hill should win if they come in and execute. But man, I was just so scared of it because Chapel Hill seems to overhype themselves playing against like a big football program sometimes. But man, I Chapel Hill should come in and take care of business here. It feels like, doesn't it? I mean, this feels like a spot that like Mac has let down before. Um, and even like this season, the defense obviously is awful. Um, but like Brett's on this, I'm on this, and I never want anything to go well for Chapel Hill, like as an institution, the brand itself. Fuck them. <laughs> but I think they're gonna beat the dog piss out of Notre Dame. Like I see this game being like 45 to 17, something like this. And we're we're getting it at a pick'em. Um at win at win bet sports book so i mean pick them for the show uh court brett like myself i have it i love this play chapel hill i mean i don't want great things to happen to you often but just please just just win the game but i really want to see notre dame get beat down because cal was kind of a fluke i mean it wasn't a full fluke but it was fluky we can it definitely that. wasn't smooth like it was it was a kind of a tough game to like watch, like nothing out of your age. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't a great game by Notre Dame by any means. I mean, it was just sloppy, but um, yeah, I just think North Carolina's got too much on offense and I hope so, but you know, I want nothing good to happen over there in Chapel Hill. You know, if that got, place got taken off the map, you wouldn't see a tear shed over here, but I need them to take care of business on Saturday. Yeah, that, 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 that's the Dukey in you. That's the, that's the Duke Homer in you. All right. Um, I'm going to take us to Knoxville, Tennessee. We're going to wake up. College game day going to be on. I know my man Trevor wins to Salem going to release some hound dogs. We're going to start kicking that banjo. <laughs> Dude, Rocky Top, let's cover. Let's cover 10. We can cover 10 against Florida. Uh, Hidden Hooker, again, balling, balling, balling. Anthony Richardson at Florida since Utah. I think I think he I think he shot his load at Utah. You know, just way too premature. <laughs> just shot his load because he's looked like trash since. Um, there was a crazy stat. I don't know if his he has not thrown a touchdown or like very minimal. Not a lot is going right in Florida. They're not winning the way they should. I mean, the way they looked against um, USF, like just bad. But. I mean, outside of week one, I haven't seen anything to show me that Florida should be ranked better yet, be a 10-point dog against this high-powered Tennessee offense. So, uh, game day there, you know, the ball, ball Navy going to be sailing into town. It's going to be a good day on Rocky Top. So, uh, I have Tennessee laying 10. And before I pass it to you guys to see if there's any more plays, let's take it over to our sponsor, 910 Coastal Barbecue for the piping hot pick of the week and the smoke of the week. Thank you, Marcus. If you missed last week, that smoked Texas chili was the best thing that we smoked all year. Absolutely delicious. Highly recommend. Check out the gram. I'll show you how to make it. On to this week. This week at 910 Coastal Barbecue, it's Trevor Week. We are combining the game of the week, which is the smoke of the week, and also the piping hot pick of the week. For the smoke of the week, a Tennessee delicacy. You're going to have to tune in on Saturday to see what that is. But 
for the piping hot pick of the week for Trevor Week. We are going Tennessee. I've got a 10 and a half. I don't care if it's 30. We're taking Tennessee. They're going to beat the brakes off Florida. There is no way they lose this game. Back to you, Marcus. Thank you, Chase, and the boys from now on Coastal Barbecue. So that's two of us on the Rocky Top right now. And, you know, before I pass it to you guys, I swear one last thing. The la I saw this had to be three years ago, I think. I don't know about the COVID season. It was probably – might have been 18. I'm not 100% sure. But Trevor convinced me to finally go to a game in Neyland Stadium, and it was when Florida came to town. And I will say, Neyland is the second-best college football environment I've been in maybe three LSU, I think has it, but, but Rocky tops good. It's a fun time. Loudest crowd I've ever heard the power T, you know, you got the band and the powers T the players running out loud is hell. First kickoff loud. I think Tennessee goes down, like score some points early, but Florida, man, they put it on the damn balls. That game. After halftime, I think Florida scored within like three plays coming out of half. You just see people filing out of the stadium. It got a little quiet in Rocky Top. So I think uh, this is like a grudge match revenge game for Tennessee. They need their face back at home against Florida. And you ever take, we all know like Tennessee wants to beat Alabama if it's the last thing they do. But I think Tennessee fans like beating Florida or like playing Florida a little bit more than anybody else. Yeah, there's uh, there's something about that Florida game for sure that uh, seems to mean a little more um, classic rivalry there. I I have it listed here on my list as well, and I wanted to take Tennessee, but I just feel like it's going to be kind of like a one of those just dog kind of games where I could see both teams being a little jittery. It's got like a early season, you know, huge game type of feel. Um, and I'm wondering if these guys might just be a little shaky early on with the – I saw the over-under at like 62, I think. So I was – for this one, I have the under. Um, and just, you know, thinking Florida might just not be able to get it going as loud as Neyland's going to be. And I could see that Tennessee offense, you know, taking a little bit to get going just based off – I mean – you know, it's going to be a crazy atmosphere in Knoxville. These guys want to beat the brakes off the Gators, you know. So I just I – can, I can see it being a bit of a dog fest, you know, as opposed to a shootout. Yeah, so uh, you want under 63? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Got it. I like that play. Yeah, I do too. I think uh, I think some sitting down on the head. Like, I mean, obviously Florida's offense has done nothing to show that they can – put up points compared to Tennessee. Um, it could be one of those things Tennessee jumps out early, you know, 14, 17, zero and Florida just packs it in, you know, their QB is prone to mistakes, especially playing from behind. So, I mean, this game's going to, I think seal Richardson's fate a lot like DJs up in Clemson, you know, if, if he doesn't perform well, they could be looking down the depth, the depth chart here after this game. Yeah. They were so big on him after week one. Everyone was putting him, you know, early Heisman candidate. He had a couple great plays against Utah, and they loved Billy Napier. I mean, Billy still needs more time, but they were ready to say Billy Napier and uh, that offense were going to put him right back on top, and it's just a whole different feel right now. And even, like, ending last season, they were pretty shaky on Richardson. And 
coming into the season, I thought they were shaky too. And he blows his load against like Utah and ain't shown anything since. I think you're right with that assessment. He, he may be, you know, bumped down a bit because, you know, Florida always, they're always going to have athletes. It's just, you know, it's the right coach going to play the right guy. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, court floor is open. All right, going to go to another wagon that I think feels a little bit disrespected. So I think they're really going to lay the hammer down um, against a decent opponent. Um, I'm taking us up to Ohio. I'm going to hop on Ohio State, minus 18 and a half. Um, I really like this, anything under 21. Um, 21 obviously brings us into push territory. But they have a really good offense. I think it's been really quiet this year just with all the other craziness going on in college football that um, Ohio State is, I think, secretly the best team in college football behind Georgia. Um, Their offense is is second to none. Um, Their defense really hasn't showed too, too much. But I think in this spot here where they play Wisconsin, they're going to make a statement. And I think they just go out and absolutely take Wisconsin to the woodshed. Uh, Wisconsin played a cupcake game last week. They won like 66 to seven or something like that. Um, so it wasn't a real test. Um, and I just think Ohio State is is going to make a statement just so everybody knows that, that they're here. I mean, Columbus is going to be rocking. It always is, um, especially for a conference, a conference game. And I really like the 18 and a half. Um, a lot, and I, th- I think Ohio State takes care of business here. C.J. Stroud is going to be on the Heisman, the Heisman Trail, so he's got to got to put up numbers. And their receiving core is second to none. So um, I think they aired out, and Wisconsin just simply cannot keep up. Love it, Sims. Anything there? Yeah, I didn't have it on my list, but uh, I'm I'm going to take that bet this weekend probably as well. I can see Ryan Day and the boys just uh, getting it rolling and. Uh, hopefully trying to get back on that level, you know, where they're being talked about as a one, two, or, you know, whatever. Georgia seems to be a head above everybody else, but the number two spot right now, uh, certainly wide open, man. Ohio state's got some firepower. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to regret not taking this. This was on the card uh, message in the group. So I got about 12 plays and have to cut some. This was one I had to cut. And I just thought it was a backdoor opportunity. Like I, I see the game, just like you court, I see Ohio state like running it up like early and often, but then like the gas usually comes off in the fourth. And I mean, Wisconsin, they don't scare me on offense at all, but uh, if there's any play that I just felt like a backdoor was there, uh, it was an 18 and a half, but best number we can get is 17 and a half. I'll give it to you there. If I could take it at like 16, I'd probably be playing it all day, but no, I'm rooting for you. This was definitely um, well on the card that had to come off. So probably going to regret not playing it once it covers. Because I, I could see this game like 45, you know, 17. Yeah, and for, for all the listeners, I'd just keep an eye on that line. Like, I mean, there's already some movement going back the other way. And, I mean, I'm with Marcus. I think the lower it gets, the better. Uh, you know, right around that 16, 17 number is, is probably super safe. Um, but I, I, I'm confident that Ohio State is going to make a statement here. All right, cool. So I have three plays left. Uh, Court, you have two left? Yes, sir. Nick, you have one? Yep. 
All right, cool. Uh, let me go ahead and get Brett's last play of the week. Um, so, you know, Brett, after Kansas beat uh, his West Virginia Mountaineers, he thought Kansas was probably going to the college football playoff. <laughs> Kansas uh, has Duke coming into town this week, the boys from Durham, Mike Elko. Um, and Kansas is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Brett is taking it. I, I asked him over text message, like, if he really didn't think, like, Duke had a shot. And it's not that he doesn't think Duke has a shot, but he just think Kansas has all the momentum in the world and a great quarterback. So, I really don't hate the play. I can see Kansas winning this game by 10. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Duke got it done on the field by, like, three points or so. Um, but, dude, at Lawrence, uh, like, they, they've been waiting a while to have something like this happen. So, they're going to show out. I'm sure it's going to be the loudest crowd that they've seen in a long, long time. A very winnable game for them, like, evenly matched foe. So, uh, Brett, I'm rooting for you. But, I mean, I do kind of want to see the ACC boys um, get out of there with a W. Yeah, after last week, I saw this game pop up. You know, I started looking at the lines Sunday afternoon and, and Monday, and I was that was my first thought. I was like, Brett is going to hammer this game. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I, I mean, Duke's looked pretty good this year too. Um, it, I think it, it's going to be, I think it's going to be tight. But um, kind of perplexed. I don't know if really perplexed is the right word for at that over under at sixty six and a half. Um, I mean, I, this is a, the best start for both teams in quite a while. I think, um, what, like what Sim said for the um, Tennessee-Florida game, I mean, neither one of these teams have been in this spot before. I think there's going to be a little nerves coming into this game. It's kind of a big game for both these teams to go to 4-0, even though it's not – you know, they're not ranked or anything, but for these programs, it's a big game. Um, I can see it a little tight at the beginning and then, um, you know, relaxing throughout the game. I'll, it's a game I'll definitely be watching. I don't want anything to do with, you know, with my money, but I'm interested to see the outcome of this game for sure. It's amazing. I think uh, Kansas is averaging like well over 50 points a game this year um, with Duke coming into town, but Duke's been scoring as well. I think they almost put up a 50 piece last week. Um, so man, it's it's crazy. We're we're talking Duke Kansas football here. You know, this is this is fun. <laughs> it's absolutely reckless. Like if this was like December, would we be considering this like the Champions Classic, like holiday tournament? <laughs> so imagine, you know, when Duke, Kentucky, Chapel Hill, and Michigan State play each other every season, like in the like four person tournament. Like this is the Champions Classic during football season. Could you imagine if they had more predictable football teams and they set up like a bowl game like that, where it's like, okay, the basketball teams are going to play and then the football teams are going to play because Kentucky's good this year too. And Michigan state's okay. And they're typically in that champions. I mean, that, that would be pretty cool to have that align one year if all four of those teams, but I mean, Kansas and Duke have just not been great. Just imagine the trash talk boiling over from like a bowl game and then a big basketball game with the same fans within that weekend. Like the animosity in one city would be would be a lot. <laughs> it is crazy. And I was listening to a little take for the listeners. I live in Charlotte, but Charlotte Sports Radio is trash. All you talk about is the Panthers. And I'm so over the Panthers already this season. I'm usually always over the Panthers. So I tune in to 99.9 The Fan, you know, back in the triangle in Raleigh, the hometown. And uh, Mac sure. Brown was on uh, the best of the OG uh, the afternoon uh, talk show there. And he, like he said, the transfer portals change college football. And I know I, I mentioned that in the in the group chat a couple of weeks ago, but everybody has a quarterback. Like It's going to make for a lot of more like ready now competitive football teams. 
a lot of teams that if you're just a quarterback away and you got a couple skill guys transferring in, they can make something shake. Like it's it's definitely gonna hurt college football for the traditionalists. And I didn't like the transfer portal as much, but you know, I love it. Like this is this is good for the sport. More good football teams is good for the sport. Bowl season's gonna be a lot more interesting. Like, dude, competitive football is good, like all the way around. I mean, look at the first three weeks. It's been absolute chaos. Like, there hasn't been, like – I mean, we all thought last week talking on the show that, like – I mean, I would have never turned into an Iowa, you know, Nevada game. But, I mean, like, everything's good right now. Like, every there's not, like, a bad – you know, a really bad game, which is the first time in a long time. Like, to your point, it's just because everybody has talent. Like, everything's so, like, so good. And you catch somebody on – like, anybody can win. You catch, you know, a team on a bad day. And, like, I mean, it could go down. I mean, there's going to be – these powerhouse teams are used to, like, walking through conferences or, you know, making it to the conference championship. Like, those days are probably over. And there's going to be some, like, new people in conference championships across the country. It's just like, what? What? You had a football program? And, like, I, I mean, I honestly can't wait to see it. And it makes it so much more exciting week to week where it's just like, oh, my gosh, this is happening for real? That We get to watch this for free? <laughs> It's awesome, man. I mean, I think I was listening to um, Joel Klatt, and he was like, you got to have three uh, sections of your recruiting department now. You're recruiting high school kids. You're recruiting your kids to not go into the transfer portal, and then you're recruiting from the transfer portal. But it's like it, it you know, gives the kids more power, and uh, coaches got to just not be assholes and be like, you know, you, it, it gives the kids more power. It, it's, it's so much fun so far. I'm sure there's going to be uh, downsides to it, but right now it, it makes it more challenging to win football games, which is what we want. Yep, 100%. All right. Uh, since Nick has one more play court, I think you and I each have two left. Go ahead and give us one of yours. I'll go, and then we'll all give the last one. All right. So I was – when Marcus gave out this team last week, like a light bulb went off my head because I had the same thought the week prior – and I'm, again, going to hit them again. So we're going to go out to Corvallis. I think that's how you pronounce it, Oregon. And uh, USC is coming to town to play Oregon State. Oregon State's a pretty good football team. But, um, I mean, I think USC, you know, again, with the transfer portal, you get a couple of guys from a school with quarterback that's already comfortable with these targets. There's no training camp or any – you know, they don't need it. They've already had a year with these guys at another school. Um, I just don't think Oregon State, again, Oregon State's offense is going to be able to keep up with USC. I caught the line at six and a half. I love that. I think USC beats Oregon State by at least a touchdown. Um, their defense is coming around, but, um, you know, Williams, a quarterback, he's a stud. So I think um, I think USC goes up there and handles business and keeps rolling in the Pac-12. Yeah, roll on, big mama. That's, I'm going back to that same old two. Same same reason. Um, uh, it should have been the third week in a row I played them because I had them against Stanford, but I took them off. Um, but like I said, not doing it anymore. I don't know why Vegas hasn't really caught up to this line yet. I mean, give or take, we could, I mean, lose. I mean, you can lose a bet any week um, in college football, but I think Vegas is severely um, behind this USC Trojans team. I think USC should probably be like a 12, 12 and a half, 13 point favorite. So six. I mean, up all those points. Um, court really in six right there. Yep. I love it. Yeah, that, I think touchdowns is a smooth cover. Um, I mean, they're just, they're, they're really good. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, I think Lincoln Riley is still probably the best uh, play caller in college football. It's amazing how quick he's turned that program around. So that that feels like a, a bet you got to hop on board with right there. All right. Uh, we all have one more. Uh, Sims, you go, Court, and then myself, and then we'll give the, the power parlay. All right. Um, my last one here is um, going out to the great state of Oklahoma um, in Norman. We got the Sooners playing Kansas State. I got I saw them at just under two touchdowns at 13 and a half. Um, I think they're going to continue to roll after they got uh, Scott Frost fired last weekend. I think they're going to hopefully just keep it moving and uh, win by at least a couple touchdowns in Norman. Also, yeah. I can get a 12. Go ahead, Court. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I'm on it with you for the same reasons that Marcus just said. Like, I don't think Vegas has caught up to Oklahoma yet. Um, they had a very similar line last week against Nebraska, and they blew that out of the water. Uh, they they have a great offense. Gabriel's a great quarterback. Um, and Kansas State, you know, they, they have a pretty decent running game. Um, Oklahoma's never known for their defense, but um, – anything under two touchdowns. Like I feel comfortable here. Um, that it's, it shouldn't be too much of a sweat. And I mean, to have a similar line after beating Nebraska, like a drum against Kansas state, I'm not saying Nebraska could beat a lot of people. I think they would probably have a pretty good game with Kansas state, which leads me to believe that Oklahoma is probably going to beat Kansas state like a drum at home again. Hey, Hey, what do you say? That was my last play as well. Um, yeah, last week, not nearly enough points against Nebraska and it ain't going to be nearly enough points this week too. Oklahoma goes in, takes care of business. Brent Venables has done a great job. You know, everyone just knows him as the, the defensive guy at Clemson who always had a great, great defense. Well, he goes and gets a good OC and he can throw up some points too. Like he, he ain't no fool. Um, love what he's doing there at Oklahoma. And I'm, again, they haven't caught up. So I'm going to keep taking them until proven wrong. And um, that empties me out, court out, and Nick. So before we officially recap, um, everyone just scan your card and think about the best play that you have this week because we're going to do a five-team parlay between myself, Brett, Court, Sims, and Nauano Coastal Barbecue. So since Nauano Coastal Barbecue only has one play, um, their play in the parlay will be Tennessee laying 10. Um, floor's open for whoever else wants to go first. Uh, I'll hop in. I mean, I feel like we um, – this is probably the easy pick because we we're all on it. But I've, I, the safest pick out of all mine, the one I feel the most confident, in, is the last one I gave Oklahoma – uh laying 12 and a half at home against Kansas State um you know for every reason we just said and all three of us are on it so I feel like that's a no-brainer and you know that should be in there pretty pretty easy great all right um Sims what's yours I will add in uh the Longhorns I think they're going to go into Texas Tech and definitely beat Lubbock I was really impressed with Sarkeesian and the boys uh early on this year so I I definitely see that one happening for them Nice. I'm going to give uh, Brett the Chapel Hill pick since three of us are on it as well. And the game I feel the best about, it probably would have been Chapel Hill pick Um, I love that play. I love the Georgia first quarter, but I like UVA Syracuse under. Like, it's just really hard. Like, every way I try to analyze this game and talk myself out of it, I just see a lot of, like, not a lot of points being scored. 
um, especially if it comes down to UVA. Like I, Syracuse's game plan is always, you know, if we have a comfortable lead, let's start running clock. Um, UVA is always playing catch up. And I mean, I, I, under, I'd take it under 50, quite honestly, too. So I don't think we have to sweat that, but I think that's a hell of a parlay right there. I love it. Let's let's win the boys some money. Heck yeah! And let's do it. Um, so let's go. Let's go one better than last week at least. Um, there's a lot of agreement on the board, so I think we're I think we're primed for a pretty good week if the pick starts if the pick starts falling. But again, Sims Court, thank you for joining me with uh, Brett up in the Big Apple this week. Needed to get two people on the show, so um, we'll go ahead and start off. But before you do that, we're not even gonna bring up. Virginia Tech, West Virginia. <laughs> like, like we're, we're not even going to touch that, like, with you and Brett's, like, history. Like, that, yeah. that's not even going to be a topic on the show. We're, not, we're just going to skim over that and just pretend that game's not even happening. Is it that bad? Can we, can we get a little trash talk or something? So, it's – well, the thing is, we both kind of agree on what's going to happen, and that's just being it's going to be a bad football game between two bad football teams. <laughs> You know, like the, the Black Diamond Trophy used to mean a lot, like late 90s, early 2000s, because I used to play it annually. But the fan bases literally just like started acting too reckless and they had to cancel the series, like between the, like, the student bases, like postgrads. It, it was nuts. So um, let's just go back last year. West Virginia got up to a big lead, held on. Virginia Tech tried to storm back at the end. We all know uh, Justin Fuente, Virginia Tech wasn't coached very well. And all West Virginia did last year was try to blow big leads, but they held on in that one. So competitive football game close at the end. But you can say West Virginia dominated that game. Tech got a little lucky to come back. Um, the previous game, I believe that's back when Josh Jackson was the quarterback for the Hokies. Um, and then in West Virginia played a FedEx field where the – like commies play down, used to be Redskins. And Virginia Tech won that game. Brett and I actually considered going, um, but uh, we were fresh out of college, like trying to grind broke. And, uh, it, it couldn't get it done. So, um, I mean, the last two games we've split, I think if I had to give a play, I'd take West Virginia laying two and a half or two points. This Virginia Tech team is just bad. Um, Grant Wells isn't nearly as good as I thought. Virginia Tech's skill positions on offense are subpar. Defense is okay. But, you know, watching West Virginia play that pick game, I think they have a lot more athletes than we have. So, again, if it gets into a scoring competition, Virginia Tech's defense has kind of been but don't break. I, I think they'll break if West Virginia gets enough uh, touches on the football. So, um, take that for what it's worth. I'm not confident in the Hokies. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet them because I'm not expecting to win tomorrow night. Just, just had to get that in there, you know. And you know, with you guys talking about about Virginia Tech and West Virginia so much, had, had to get a read. You know, and I will tell you, Lane Stadium will be jumping. Inner Sandman, that the crowd's gonna be there. It's yeah. just like that. The air's gonna go out of the stadium like fairly quick. I think. I don't think they the just won't be there long. Yeah, I mean, it's – I don't know. Again, it's just two bad football teams. <laughs> the ACC needs you guys to be good, and you haven't been good in, like, a decade. And it's just, you know, you guys got to get back there. Yeah, I mean, historically – and you can say the ACC needs Clemson to be good now. Yes, they need Clemson to be good because it's the only thing they've had the last several years. But the ACC needs Virginia Tech, Miami, and Florida State to be good every single year 
and they haven't been consistently like lately dude i mean growing up like from the time i was like four years old watching michael vick you know like play i mean that's when they were they're still in the big east then but still like dude being a tech fan you were spoiled growing up like beamer had like 10 consecutive seasons from like 99 to 2009 where the Hokies won 10 games a season. I mean, they were always going to, like, the Orange Bowl or competing for the ACC, like, beating the hell out of, like, some SEC teams every now and then. I mean, being a Tech fan was awesome. Like, being a Hurricane fan for a long time was awesome. You ever take, like, Bobby Bowden had the nose rolling for, like, 15 years? It's just nasty, and it's just sad to see those teams not be as good as they once were. (laughs) We'll see if FSU can crawl their way back right now, or maybe Miami with uh, Crystal Ball down there. We'll see. Dude, what was that graphic I put in our Instagram chat? It was like, if you can remember these teams being good, like you're old as hell now, and it was like Nebraska, Virginia Tech, Miami, Tennessee was on there. <laughs> it was like, dude, that, they they used to be the dogs, but not, not anymore. Yeah, we're just getting old. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, agent like fine wine, but thanks again, guys, for joining the show. Let's go ahead and recap. Uh, now on a coastal barbecue, keeping the lights on on the show, they are on the volunteers of Tennessee laying 10 against Florida for their one play. Next card, Clemson laying five against Wake, Texas laying five against Texas Tech, Arkansas catching two and a hook against Texas AM. The Aggies is also on actually, I put the wrong bet for you. You have Tennessee, Florida. Under 63, right? Yeah, yeah, under. To, to, apologies for the under 63 is Nick's first – or, excuse me, Nick's fourth play. And then he has the Oklahoma Sooners lay in 12. Uh, Brett's card, he only has four picks. Clemson lay in seven. Kansas lay in seven and a hook. Rutgers plus – 7.5 and then Chapel Hill pick them against Notre Dame. Uh, course card Wake plus seven and a hook. Iowa Rutgers under 34 and a half. Coastal Carolina laying one and a half. Chapel Hill pick them. Ohio State 17 and a half point favorite. USC laying six and then Oklahoma a 12 point favorite. My card. UVA keeps under 55. Georgia laying 43 against Kent State. Wake catching seven and a hook against Clemson. Chapel Hill pick them at home against Notre Dame. Vol Nation laying 10 against Florida. Arkansas laying or Arkansas catching two and a hook against AM. Bama first quarter minus 10 against Vandy. Oklahoma laying 12. USC six point favorite. And I have the Georgia first quarter. Minus 13 and a hook. A lot of plays on the board, a lot of agreement. So I see no better time for a heater. Let's get it, boys. Let's do it, man. That was awesome. All right. I hope you guys had fun. This is the 21st night of September. Um, Earth, wind, and fire brought us in. So um, if, if you're catching this tomorrow morning on your way to work or early in the office, go ahead and throw that bad boy on, even though it'll be the 22nd of September, and, and we'll jam out together. Other than that, I'm Marcus Bullock. Thanks for tuning in to Half the Distance to the Goal. All right, guys, I'll catch you this weekend. All right. Later.